Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 23rd, 2018, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the Big Book, and we're on page 100 in the first paragraph, beginning both you and the new man, ending your present circumstances. And we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Today's readers are Jen A. for the 12 Steps, Allison E. for the 12 Traditions, and readers of the text Rita K. and Marcella M. And our newcomer greeter is Lynn S. And the host for the second hour is Deanna B. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, August 22nd, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 11,822. That's 11822. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 11,823. That's 11823. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jen A. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jen A. Recovered in Colorado. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Jen A. And I'll now ask Allison E. to please read the 12 Traditions. 
Hi, good morning. Allison E., Compulsive Overeater in New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group short, should ought to be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group but has, has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group might never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. <clears throat> 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Allison E. <clears throat> How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 100, the first paragraph beginning both you and the new man, reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And Rita Kay, would you please get us started? Good morning. Thank you very much. My name is Rita Kay, recovered in Kansas. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. 
what a good paragraph. <laughs> you know, uh, but the thing that really jumps out at me is the end of the first sentence that talks about the path of spiritual progress. And um, and I have read that several times, and I always, not, not always, but I often would uh, mistakenly say spiritual process. And I thought about that. I thought, well, wait, let me look at this, though. You know, uh, the meaning of progress is forward and onward movement. And the meaning of process is a series of actions or steps. And the thing is, is that we're not going to to progress in our spiritual growth unless we trust the process. And we hear that phrase often around here, is trusting the process. And you can even substitute that word there and another substitution and say, trust your higher power. And that's what this is saying. You know, if, if we follow the, the, uh, the path of our higher power, if we follow the path that's laid out in this book, you know, and you know, it leads us towards spiritual progress. And I like what it talks about is that on down the road you look back and you realize you're in a better place. And that in, that includes, because this starts out talking about spiritually, and I know that that we, we're focusing on weight and weight loss, but what is happening to us spiritually? You know, because if we stop and look, if we are following uh, the process, and we're trusting it, and we stop and look a year, six months, a year from now, we're in a different place spiritually than we were at the beginning. We can look back and see that things have progressed as a result of the process. And uh, that that blows my mind because when I look at where I was spiritually, you know, it just blows my mind in that what happens on the inside of me when I trust the process, and that's when it shows on the outside. And that's what I have to share with that I pass. Thank you, Rita Kay. And the lines are now open for those who'd like to share on what Rita read. Harlan Hi, this is Phyllis in Maryland. This is Larry Kay. Harlan, Kim Phyllis. G. Uh, Larry, Kim. I have Harlan, Phyllis, Larry, Kim. Anybody else? Richard B. Nancy Nancy P. Okay, that's Barbara perfect. E. Richard, Nancy. Okay, let's stop there. If y'all will remind me of the first initial of your last name. Um, I have Harlan G., Phyllis, Larry K., Kim G., Richard, Nancy P., and Barbara. So, Harlan, please get us started. Thank you. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in sweltering Scottsdale, Arizona. This disease is a constant state of defeat. This disease is a disease of people being sad in the midst of every reason to be happy. This disease forces us to do things and eat things and be things that we were never destined to do or be or eat. We suffer tremendous pain and humiliation at the hands of this disease. We spend $100,000 on average to get here. We spend money on clothes that we never wear and gyms that we never attend. And we just suffer every type of humiliation. 
But when we start working this program and we start working with others, there are things, oh, there are things that happen in our lives that we never could have expected. Oh, the places I've been and the people that I've met. You know, if I had a pill that I could give you that would guarantee you recovery, I would throw it in the toilet and never give it to you because I wouldn't want to cheat you out of this process. These are the 12-step promises, and they come true in my life every day. I never know who's going to be on the phone or where I'm going to end up. This is the most amazing process of redemption imaginable. Test God if that's not where you're at right now. See if you can find him lacking, and I bet you can't. This is an amazing, amazing process. And it says here, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. And that is so true for me today. Follow the dictates, not the suggestions, the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. This is an amazing journey. But it doesn't just come from abstinence. It comes from working the steps. It comes from giving of yourself. It comes from being of maximum service to God and the people about us. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. And Phyllis, you're up. If you'll remind me of your first initial of your last name, followed by Larry Kay. Hi, everyone. This is Phyllis M. from Maryland. Um, I'm a recovered and continuing to recover every day food addict, compulsive overeater in Maryland. And I'm really grateful to be able to be on the line and be able to share today. It's not a normal occurrence for me. I usually just get to listen. So um, this is just such a beautiful, wonderful reminder that this is progress. Um, early, it's been two years since the other day that I've been in recovery. Early on in my walk, um, my sponsor would say to me, aim for, you know, progress, not perfection, never perfection. Um, for me, this side of heaven, it will never be perfection. And that's such a new way of thinking. Um, prior to recovery, all I aimed for was perfection in myself and others. What I thought early in recovery was that well, if I put the food down and I don't have a binge or I don't restrict or I don't purge, um, wow, that's I'm fully recovered. You know, that's fully recovered. And really, thankfully, gratefully, this is never over. It's an ongoing process for progress. Um, and I am so grateful for that. He, our higher power of God, continues to take us deeper, uh, peeling away layer by layer. Um, recovery today is so different for me than it was two years ago, even six days ago, probably. I continue to learn things about myself that God is so lovingly wanting to take out of my hands and take for me. And when I look at that and I see, as it says here, when we put ourselves in God's hands, we're better than anything we could have planned. I definitely see that in my journey with God, even prior to recovery. But, oh, how beautifully the 12 steps outline the walk daily 
Um, but I see that I used to journal my greatest fears and the things that were in my soul. I just didn't know where that irritable discontentment came from at the time. And I would put these great fears to paper. And I would look back six months later, a year later, and never once did those things occur. They didn't go the way that I thought they would go or I wanted them to go, but it was always better than I planned because it wasn't me doing it. And so the more I can let go, my sponsor just reminded me the other day, there's a lot more I need to let go of. And she so beautifully said that, you know, just she prayed that I'll just open my hands and let it happen and not leave claw marks as it's going. But this is the process. And as I love on others by serving them and sharing my experience, um, I am renewed. I'm given new strength. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful that today I can look back on those many years of, if it was a $100,000. Yes, that's all. I thank you so much. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Phyllis M. And Larry K., you're up, followed by Kim G. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. You know, um, this chapter, I'm reminded again, this is, you know, working with others and, and the promises are beautiful. And I love what was said. And, you know, there there is such hope in this. I used to read this chapter when I wasn't on Step 12. I had not worked. I had not trusted the process. Um, sometimes I read some hope in it, but um, I, I wasn't ready to carry the message. I could only give away what I had inside. Um, I couldn't give away something that I had not received yet. You know, I recently watched a, a television program about the plight of the Sherpas. You know, the, the, the literal Sherpas, it's a group of people, you know, the ones that help others, you know, tourists and others get to the top of the Himalaya. And they're uniquely suited to do it. And there was one, you know, the story was really about that they, they are dying. The Sherpas are dying because they're, they're staying with folks who are ill-prepared to climb Mount Everest. They don't stand in judgment of anybody, but nonetheless, it's true. You know, there's lots of people that want to get to the top of the, the mountain. I'm using an imperfect analogy or metaphor, I should say, um, you know, those are people that, you know, that, that want to get to the top. And I certainly wanted to get to the, to the, my perception of the mountaintop, yet I was self-centered still in so many ways. And I was unwilling to trust in a process and build a foundation of preparation to climb. I wasn't ready to take the steps yet. I'm reminded of the beauty of this program. There is tremendous hope and we do need to walk with the, the man step by step and light that pathway this one Sherpa in this program I was watching, he was, he was, uh, he, he doesn't have any fingers. He's a young, young man. He has no more fingers anymore. He, he took someone who was ill-prepared, not ready to take the steps, the literal steps to the top. And he stayed with that person. And eventually they went, they moved so quickly because he stuck with him and stuck with him. And he, he has no more fingers. The other man died literally not figuratively, and this, this Sherpa, this young man has no fingers, but he lived. They had to carry him down, the other Sherpas, to save his life. There's many, the, the, the Mount Everest, there's a part of Mount Everest that's literally strewn with dead bodies. They leave them there. I want to be reminded of the beauty of the promises, yes, but I also want to be reminded in working with others 
that I have, uh, I have an obligation to carry this message, to be someone prepared to carry the message, to give it away and walk with them. I don't want to be, you know, among the dead bodies, you know. I want to live. And I want, I want to be, it, it, it's, it's in God's time and there's a rhythm and there's a readiness, you know, for people. With that, I'll pass grateful. Thanks so much. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Kim G., you're up, followed by Richard. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. And, uh, you know, right now, at this point in my recovery, this is my favorite promise. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. I see my happiness was always um, tethered to what was going on in my life. You know, and I think about, you know, in the fall of 2010, I was finishing up my graduate degree and I was exhausted and frustrated. My family was driving me crazy. They were demanding and frustrating. And, and my friends were neglectful and frustrating. And in January 2011, I broke my ankle and long-term disability, I did these steps. And um, my life had not changed in the circumstances, yet graduate school seemed accommodating and wonderful. My parents basically moved in with me, and my friends were supportive during that process. So it wasn't that my life had changed. It was that my spiritual awakening allowed me to enjoy my life in a way I couldn't. You know, even today, um, my job is very precarious. There's a good chance I'm going to get laid off. And one week I'm, I'm in terror, and another week I'm peaceful. And it has nothing to do with the circumstances at work. It has to do with my connection with these steps and with the higher power. When it says follow the dictates of a higher power, that's the direction. What was vital for me was to not just say 10, 11, and 12, but to understand what that meant, to change it from words into action, from understanding to experience, and to really understand that the daily reprieve was not about one day at a time white-knuckling my food, but that once I have a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, it is my daily spiritual practice that allows me to daily reprieve, to have contented abstinence and a contented life, regardless of the circumstances. You know, I know we're going to read it in a couple of days, but that line on page 101 where it says, we meet these conditions every day, meaning that food's going to be all around us. We meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them has an alcoholic mind, and there is something the matter with his spiritual status. And that's what I realized today, that if I want freedom, that these steps will give me freedom. And if I'm not experiencing that, it's not, it's not even like I'm saying, you know, Kim's a bad little girl. It's a nudge from my higher power. But I have to lean into these steps to experience that freedom. And I'm going to end with this, the doctor's opinion, the line I love, men and women drink, men and women drink essentially because they like the effects produced by alcohol. I have two choices. I am an effect person as a recovered woman. Am I going to choose to get the effects from the food or the effects from the steps? I cannot do both. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. And Richard, if you'll remind me of the first initial of your last name, you're up, followed by Nancy P. Richard, 
Press star one. Sorry about that. I couldn't unmute. Uh, my name is Richard B. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Ireland. And thank you for the reading. Um, both you and the man must walk day by day the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. And for me, this takes me back to... Um, what was said on page 85, it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. And I find I'm one of these people through progress, not, uh, not perfection. Um, I tend to, I tend to uh, slack off on the progress bit sometimes and rest on my laurels and not persist. And, and not walk day by day in the spiritual path. And when I do that, my mind starts to go crazy and people around me can start to suffer. Um, but this is a wonderful promise because it does remind me that wonderful things will happen. And I, was, I just looked at the, um, the definition of dictates from a higher power and it, it's quite literal really um i wasn't sure of the meaning um but it is an order from my higher power and that order is is a promise um that if i do this work and if i follow the spiritual path then i will have freedom from compulsive overeating and from my insane mind and be of service to those around me. And I'm grateful that, uh, I, that I do have that today and that uh, I'm not resting on my laurels. And this is something I, I need to keep in mind day by day, uh, multiple times a day, in fact, um, and do my step 10 and 11. Um, so with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. B. Uh, Nancy P., you're, fo you're up, followed by Barbara E. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Good morning. Um, I'm on the bandwagon with everybody else. Um, if I persist, remarkable things will happen. So persistence, my father used to say that to me all the time. Persistence is the key to success. Um, and it's true. I don't even have to look back to see that anything... Um, that is currently going on in my life is anything other than um, divinely inspired. And, you know, I've shared about some trouble and it's pretty, <clears throat> excuse me, it's pretty debilitating for, for all of us, but um, I, I seem to feel this burden acutely. And, um, but at the same time, like if I persist, then I will, then good things will happen to me. And if I follow the dictates, which are directions from my higher power, follow the dictates of, of a higher power, and I will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what my present circumstances. So B follows A. And um, that's all I have to do. And, you know, I have to say that right now I'm clinging to that with all the fervor, like it says in the first, in the, you know, in the first um, step, with all the fervor of a drowning man. I, that's all I have to do. That's all I have right now. 
is blind faith that if I just <laughs> persist, put one foot in front of the other, not only will I be okay, but I will presently live in a new and wonderful world. I will approach that and live within that new and wonderful world. And that what, I, what is going on in my life today will resolve itself and I'm going to be okay. It doesn't feel like it right now. I don't like what's happening to me. I don't like what's happening to my family. I don't like any of it. And I cry and I moan a little bit, but I, I slog through. And, um, you know, this meeting is a lifesaver. And all of you who have called me and all of you who are just dying to be there for me and support me, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was talking to somebody else on the phone this morning. If I were eating... I would be in the hospital. I would be unable to function. I wouldn't just be eating miserable in my bed. I would have to be sedated in a hospital. I'm sure of it. So um, I'm not there. I'm fully functional. I go to work. I'm present. I do all the things in my life that need to be done. And all of it is because I follow the dictates of a higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And Barbara E., you're up. Barbara, star one, we can't hear you. Oh, thank you. I was having a lovely conversation with myself. All right. There we go. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. This paragraph is wonderful, and everything I've heard so far has been so enlightening. For me, this paragraph is all about learning and becoming and being the one who's willing and eager to reach out my hand in service. Each day I say and mean, thy will be done. And I die and I'm reborn again with soul surgery. The more that my higher power wants me to be, more like that person. By working with others, I'm the one to learn and grow. By seeing and hearing the growth in others, remarkable things happen for me and for them. But I have to always remember that I'm there to stand by the side of the road holding the flashlight for a sponsee. I'm not the light. I'm just the lantern. I'm 100% accountable for my behaviors. And it's important that I practice the principles in this program every single day to achieve at my age some kind of emotional security and maturity is remarkable to be caring and kind and other-centered instead of self-centered and angry and resentful is amazing to me. And to be able to bring that to others is what keeps me in the path every single day. Understanding that I'm imperfect, that we're all imperfect, And this is being done uh, to us, not by us. Just be willing. Thank you so much. I encourage everyone to keep listening and have a blessed day. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And if you're just now joining us, we are on page 100 in Working With Others. And we are reading and com- or we have uh, what's been read and we're commenting on the first full paragraph, beginning both you and the new man. Who else would like to share this morning? Elise. 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 
Charles H. Cassie K. Leah M. Elise. Okay, okay, hang on, hang on. I think I might have missed someone. Um, I got Lisa B., Elise, uh, Charles H., Kathy K. Okay, thank you. I heard the Maryland. Thank you, Amy. Uh No problem. Okay, perfect. All right, so we have Lisa B., Amy G., Elise, you'll have to remind me of your first initial of your last name, Charles H., Kathy K., and Leah M. Excellent. Uh, Lisa B., please go ahead. Good morning, Lisa. This is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you so much for your service. Um, I love this promise, and I learned so much from all of you guys. I'm learning to look at this promise from different eyes. And, you know, what really came into my mind this morning before the meeting started is um, on, in, into action on page 75, it's talking about we're turning home. We find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. And it talks about, um, it, it goes into, you know, have we skimped on the cement and, you know, um, have we tried to put mortar without sand and how, how a whole new foundation. And then I was thinking of this revolution. It's a revolutionary experience of being um, recovered. The, the kingdom of Lisa, you know, the government of Lisa has been overthrown. And that's why I'm able to experience this promise today because of the foundation that's the new foundation. You know, I've actually been remade. It's not like it's me, but it's all new. I'm all new. And that's what I wanted. I was so desperate to recreate my life, you know, like Doctor's Opinion talks about. And it started in that chapter and going through the steps to the best of my ability as fearlessly and thoroughly as I possibly could, not perfectly, but really understanding from the beginning of what, why I needed to be entirely abstinent and going through this work. And today, you know, this promise continues to reveal itself to me in newer and deeper ways. And it's often in those moments of silence and meditation and prayer that I feel this promise pulsating through me, living in me, and then able then to go out through me um, And then I'm able to somehow, with God's grace in this program, to try and carry it to others. And I love how it talks about you and your man. You know, we walk together. I always have said that I feel safe and protected when I have a sponsee. I need to have more than one sponsee often. And it's such an incredible journey. But for me, lately, I'm experiencing this more and more on an internal level, this uh, new foundation that I'm standing on. It's new soil new ground, and then it goes out into my life and benefits others, you know. Um, It is amazing. It's so amazing. It's hard to put it into words. And I I did hear a philosopher once say, you know, if we can name it, it it really isn't so, that this God is so unnameable. And that's what I'm trying to describe, this experience of my higher power inside of me. And I do live in that new and wonderful world inside of me, no matter what's going on around me. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. And Amy G., you're up, followed by Elise. Thank you so much. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service. What an awesome meeting. Uh, For me, what stands out is a couple of things. One, both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. Both. That means me and the sponsee. I mean, we're in the chapter working with others, and we're talking about sponsorship. 
and the understanding is that, you know, I don't sponsor because I'm all that, and I'm not sponsored because, I don't sponsor just because I want to give back, but that's true. Yes, I do want to give back, but a part of my, integ- an integral part of my recovery, part of my spiritual maintenance is to be available, is to be recovered so that I can sponsor, so that I can be maximum of service to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. That is not only my honor and my privilege to be able to do that, but it's what I do for my own recovery. It's what my spiritual maintenance is about. Maintenance is about. That's an integral key part of my spiritual maintenance on a daily basis is to walk hand in hand with a sponsee or two or three or whatever and be able together to work this program on a daily basis. Um, and I do want to give back more than anything. I mean, when I was young, you know, another part of this paragraph that stands out is when we put ourselves in God's hands things were better than anything we could have imagined. I mean, I could have imagined? Are you kidding me? You know, it's interesting. When I was young, I didn't imagine that it would be great to be a compulsive overeater by any means. And and when I got to recover, never in my wildest imaginings did I think that my story of what happened and my torture and hell of compulsive overeating could actually have any impact with anyone. And yet here I am being able to carry my message of what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now to the still-suffering compulsive reader. I have a purpose. I have impact. To be able to have worked through these 12 steps, I can carry a message. Granted, I am the lantern, not the light, as was said earlier. But I have the ability now uh, uh, to be a purpose. Uh, you know, remember what it says in the beginning of this chapter, life will take on new meaning. You know, we can help where other people can't. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. What an incredible journey to be able to sponsor and carry this message of recovery. I do it for myself, and I do it because this journey must not be missed. It is more than I could have ever imagined. And just to wrap up with this idea of we can have a good life regardless of the circumstances that are going on in our lives, to me that also would never have been imaginable, that I could go through trial and tribulation and still be able to have a life and and feel that I I have a purpose and feel that it's going to be okay. And that's because I have a relationship with a higher power now, my God, that is beyond my wildest imagination. What a promise to be able to function during trial and tribulation and have peace and have sanity. Not all the time, waxing and waning, but the harder I work my program and the more service I give, the more sane I can stay in those circumstances. That's what this program has taught me. It works when everything else fails in my life and with the food as well. What an incredible program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And Elise, you're up if you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Charles H. Hi, this is Elise N. Okay, thank you. Um, I listening to the paragraph on I'm sharing. My sponsor has told me to share. Um, I'm on day 16, um, and um, in the beginning of this recovery, um, even though I've been in program many years, I'm fairly new to vision. Um, I am the person you're working with right now. Um, and I'm very grateful to um, share that uh, I've been in relapse for a very long time, and I'm I'm back. Um, and 
I'm just, you know, we're working, working through these steps and I, I, you know, I guess, um, for today, I just, I need to share my gratitude. I'm suffering from cellulitis and I have a strip in the blood in my, and, and, uh, it's, I'm over the going, getting over the hump, um, and getting better. And it's been, you know, very, uh, difficult to sit with my leg up and not do anything and not be able to go to work and all these different things. But um, my gratitude is for being able to, um, you know, start this journey and, and have enough time to really, you know, be here and do it. And when my head isn't loopy from pain medication, I can actually sit and write and do something. But I've been listening to the vision meetings. I've been, um, book ending in the morning with this meeting in the morning and another meeting at night and um, doing the different things that I've been told to do. Um, I have the question I have is, um, what do you do when you have a craving? That was my question from yesterday and we're reading the doctor's opinion and I've been calling recovered people and asking them questions and doing what I've been told to do. And, uh, it's keeping me busy and it's working and I look forward to um, the time when I'll be able to uh, reach out and help other people. Um, For right now, I'm supposed to sit back and take it all in and listen. So that's what I'm going to do. And thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Elise N. And Charles H., you're up, followed by Kathy K. Good morning, moderator. Thank you for your service. Charles H., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Remarkable things will happen if we persist. This just reminds me of a saying, consistency trumps intensity. I could so remember, you know, just coming off a a run and be on fire. And then, you know, after I'm out of the fire for a little while and and I'm thinking, uh, I got this thing. It's lit again. It's lit negatively, right? So um, remarkable things will happen when that sponsoree shows up and, and, and really that sponsoree is really saving my life straight up. No um, condescendency, no type of uh, spiritual hilltop. That person is saving my life. It don't matter what part of the bed I'm sitting on, I'm still sick one day at a time. And, you know, the remarkable thing is I ain't in no crack house. I got the use of all my limbs. I am, um, you know, abstaining happily, right, and I am contributing to life. My wife don't hate me no more. My kids love me. Uh, My community respects me. I live in a dark part of town, and when I pass through, they put it out. And it's not because I'm condescending. It's just, you know, there's a lantern, right, like has been said. There's two things um, I got to watch out for on a daily basis. You know, what goes in my mouth and what comes out of my mouth. Remarkable things is that I could just be quiet and listen more and get more. Um, subtraction is addition. When I actually get calls, I actually listen to what people are saying because people want to be heard. And, and I listen with, with, with a, an intent to understand rather than reply. That was, that's a remarkable thing. Because I got a big mouth. Y'all know it. <laughs> so uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much for your service, moderator. 
Thank you, Charles. And Kathy Kay, you're up, followed by Leah M. Thank you so much for your service. This is Kathy Kay in Boston, Recovered. Um, I am really struck by uh, how little I understood uh, spiritual progress for actually a number of years while going through my step work. I really didn't get what it means to make spiritual progress until my responses to life um, started to shift as I worked at following the dictates of my higher power. And I found myself um, becoming more kinder and more loving, more tolerant of others, um, more interested in helping others than in making sure my needs were taken care of. And these shifts in my experience of daily living, I came to see as uh, evidence of spiritual progress. Um, But I just wanted to say for anyone who's new to the program that it took me a really long time to really internalize what that meant. For so long I was just learning how to work the steps and focused more on making sure I took the actions that I was instructed to take um, while looking at the promises that are um, given to us along the way in each step. Um, So I'm so grateful today that I, I do understand what it means to make spiritual progress. And when I face a challenging situation, which in the past I might have uh, given up before I even started or sat in self-pity, I now look that much harder and diligently towards my higher power for a sense of my next right action. Um, And that's really what the process is about for me. And I'm so grateful to be here and so grateful to hear all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. And Leah M., you're up. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, I feel humbled, you know, reading this uh, paragraph today because it reiterates how my life has been reborn. Um, you know, that may sound uh, flowery, but uh, it's absolutely true, you know, that the program of recovery and this new way of life and this new way of looking at life um, gave me a new start on life, a new invitation to life, a new reality on life, a new basis that I had never known before, never been introduced before. Um, It says, both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. You know, I don't know about you, but I can tell you about me. Um, You know, I was a person that before program, I was always giving up. Uh, You know, if things were a little bit hard, um, you know, I was restless, irritable, and discontent, and there was just something about the ease and comfort of jamming my hands down uh, cellophane bags and bakery boxes just to get that, uh, that sense of relief. 
Uh, food seemed to be the glue that held me together. Life just seemed too hard. But it's, you know, through the process and the personal and individual application of these steps, yes, I have changed. I've had a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. But it's in carrying the message and working with others on a daily basis that has um, really matured and allowed me to grow. Because when I work with other people, um, you know, it becomes in technicolor. If God dwells in me, he dwells in you too. And so the ability to love and the ability to tolerate and the ability to be patient and kind and compassionate and be in harmony with other people uh, certainly gets further developed in my working with other people. You know, it, it and and just the, the trudging, you know, the big book, we read it every day when we read 164 that, you know, we'll trudge the road of happy destiny. You know, they didn't choose the word skip down the road or hop down the road. You know, trudge, a heavy, determined walk. And that is what we do, you know, when we apply these steps. Because even though we recovered, uh, you know, life doesn't become, uh, you know, all uh, rosy. You know, life happens. People die. uh Jobs fail, you know, <laughs> babies are born four months early, a husband diagnosed stage four cancer, two major moves, you know, <laughs> all kinds of things happen. But am I grounded? Do I have a new basis of living? God either is or he isn't. What is my choice to be? That's a new reality, just wrapping up. You know, in this life, pain is inevitable. That's a reality. However, suffering is optional for me today. It depends on my, my attitude towards reality, and I'm grateful that I'm standing on God's reality today rather than my own personal reality. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And it looks like we have time for two more shares, maybe three. Marcella M. Rossanne. Okay, Marcella and Ross. Cindy, I think you said Cindy. If we can make it to Cindy, um, we'll do that. Uh, Marcella M., you're up, followed by Russ. Um, thank you. My name is Marcella, recovery composer of in Boston. So um, if I put myself in God's hands where um, things were better than anything that I could have planned, and that's only because I was once the new man and my sponsor persisted. And um, and we persisted together and, and then... I am enjoying the the joys of like working with others. At the very beginning, let me tell you the truth. It's like what working with others? English is not my first language. Uh, people get really impatient and frustrated with my accent. Um, I don't. I there are so many words in the big book that I don't really understand because I don't have any direct experience with them. So what, how is this supposed to happen? Besides, when you go to Vision for you, you have to yell as hard as you can in order to get lined up to share. And 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 I'm not that kind of person. I get shy and scared. So, so how is this going to happen? Well, let me tell you. I just it's just like living in 10, 11, and 12, and just trying, 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 trying. Somebody who speaks Spanish found me, and today we're 438 people in the Spanish version of a vision for you. I know that the only thing that I'm doing well is praying and practicing the steps to the best of my ability. 
reading the big book, staying close to a vision for you. But a lot of people in Spanish are recovering. There are remarkable stories of recovery in Spanish. And that's only because I had somebody who persisted with me by my side. If you speak Spanish, if you're bilingual, and if your Spanish is, you know, half as good as my English is, we need you. And please contact me. My name is Marcella M. Thanks. Thank you, Marcella M. And Russ M., you're up. Good morning. Russ M., recover compulsive overeater outside of Philly. Um, the reason why I'm on this line today is because someone chose to work their step. Many people, I shouldn't just say someone, many people chose to work their 12 step with me. You know, I, 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 I'd probably be dead. I know it's overly dramatic, but looking back, I'd, I'd probably be, I'd probably be, be dead. And, you know, this compels me not just to say, uh, you know, I got to share it with someone else, which is right. Not just to say it's going to keep me out of food, which is absolutely correct. But the 12th step is there for a reason. It's not 11 steps with an optional 12. The 12th step is there for a purpose to maintain and support and keep our, our spiritual awakening, our, our, our spiritual way of life strong and that's what's going to keep me out of the food that's what's going to keep me dealing with with life being able to survive financial health family all the all the the tornado of life so you know each and every one of you on this line that reach out to me or you know we we're working together here like a family right you know you drive me through your 12 step to give it away and, and I'm going to keep reaching out. I'm going to keep grasping and trudging and, and battling to live this way of life because I would never, ever make it if it wasn't for someone choosing to, to, to take their 12th step with me. So I appreciate each and every one of you. You have an awesome day. Love you. Peace. Thank you, Russ M. And Cindy, I have one minute if you want it. Thank you. This is Cindy K. from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I am recovering. I'm early in the steps, but I know that I can pass on the message as well. I can pass on what I know up to what I have learned. I am recovering, but I know when I have a large problem if I have some frustrations. One thing I know is if I pick up the phone and I just say, hey, how are you? How are you doing in the steps? I'm on step two. How can I help you? I know that that takes myself out of myself and it turns some of my problems to less of a problem because I'm thinking of others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy Kay, and thank you to everyone who shared today. Thank you to Team Thursday. The share ID for today, Thursday, August 27th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 11,827. That's 11827. We'll now close uh, with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. 
And Marcella M., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, sure, Marcella. I recovered in Boston. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.